Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. I've uh, got another guest on today uh, to follow on our little series at the moment where we're getting a few different people, a few different voices uh, on the podcast. So hopefully you've been enjoying them so far. I've got Mitch Rowe here, uh, one of my mates from uni, but then also uh, a gun S&C coach down, uh, down here in Mornington at uh, Virtus Performance. Um, just to talk a few things around strength conditioning, integrating with athletic development, um, and obviously how that can also then obviously apply to endurance athletes, coaches, uh, us in the injury space as well. So, first of all, welcome on the podcast. Thanks. Um, Generous comments. Yeah. Quick quick sort of rundown on your background, what you're currently doing, um, your role here at Virtus, um, and then maybe just a little bit on Virtus for those guys who, who haven't heard too much about, yeah. uh, about the company. Yeah, easy. Um, so, basically, I finished an undergrad degree of sports science in 2014. Yep. I started working at Virtus in 2013, I think it was, maybe the year before that. Basically, did my internship at Virtus um, over a three-month period, and then basically just pestered Lucky until yeah. he gave me a job and yeah. hang around like a bad smell and lift weights and do all that kind of stuff until he yeah hired me on. So I've been there for the best part of three years now. A um, few little things on the side in between and stuff yeah. like that, but that's kind of the main role. Yeah. Uh, Virtus itself, we kind of we kind of have three different streams. I guess you could kind of say we have our general pop coaching our VGT which is also our main area that we kind of focus on we have an athletic department and then we have a clinical health appraisal yeah. all that kind of stuff as well so we're trying to cover most ends of the spectrum I think we've got I think we've worked out 12 or 14 or something around staff that we're covering from I think we've got 5 S&C coaches we've got a physio we've got a myo a dietitian yoga like we're yeah. trying to cover most ends of that spectrum and we kind of all integrate with each other rather than just working as separate entities. So it's yeah. kind of fluid between who works with who, but everyone also actually knows why they're coming to Virtus and what their kind of end goal is and yeah. kind of why they're training. So. Yeah, cool. Cool. So you definitely work off that holistic approach of it's not just one. You're not just coming for strength conditioning, but you've got the ability, if you need treatment, you've got the physio capabilities, yeah, yeah, um, dietetics, that, that side of things. It's, yeah. it's not just one means to an end. It's bringing all those ideas and all those aspects of athletic development into what you're then going to create for that. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if you think of, like, a pyramid, we've got health down the bottom, we've got function in the middle, and we've got performance at the top. If someone's not healthy at the bottom base level, then there's probably a very small chance they're going to function at an ability, and then they're probably not going to perform where they want to perform. So we want to make sure they're healthy first, and that's where physios, myos, dietitians come in. Then we work through function. Again, physios, myos, strength coaches, the way you kind of upskill on. And then performance, obviously, strength coaches and... Again, it's fluid between who works with who. So. Yeah, which is I find that's a, a really interesting and really good way of looking at athlete development, particularly for the guys that we work with. Being more, a lot of the guys in sort of age group, age group racing, getting more and more competitive. The first thing we look for very similar is, well, are you going to break down first? And is there yeah. is there things wrong at that very base level? Like you said, yeah, absolutely. Are, are you a healthy, healthy person in general? Just going about your business, that's obviously then going to flow in and influence how you're then going to train and then how you're going to perform later on. Yeah, so absolutely. Just looks at it from a different perspective, which I really, really like, applies to, uh, I mean, it applies to everyone as well. I mean, you're going to have a elite end of the spectrum who, yeah, yeah. if they're breaking down, they're not healthy to begin with, of course, they're not going to perform too well at the, at the top end, but then same for your, your age group. Yeah, and I think, <clears throat> I think something that we do quite well is we apply a system to no matter who comes in through our doors. Yeah. Whether that be someone that runs, runs competes, something for Australia. Yeah. Or it's just your weekend warrior, mum wants to get fit after having a child or yeah. anything like that. We kind of we apply the same process to every individual, no matter where they come from or what they've yeah. done before. 
that's our process and that's how we're going to do things. Yeah. I think over time we've kind of proven that that kind of works. So. Yeah. Yes. So cool. Um, based on based on what you're talking about for with that pyramids game, so you're yeah. more from that that middle pyramid. Say, yeah, pyramid. <laughs> probably shouldn't probably shouldn't use that as a word. It's not a great great example, but that that sort of that structure. Tier system. Yeah, yeah, tier system. Um, you're more from that middle up. Is that right? You're yeah, right. pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of have a background in track, but yeah. also have done a whole lot of upskill on movement screening assessment, yeah. but not that being the end all and be all and end all. Like if you can't achieve a three in a squat, then yeah. like, we're not going to bang on that for four weeks. We understand that that's yeah. part of that's what you one do. Part of it, yeah. yeah, that's one part of it. Yeah. We're not just going to strip everything back and like, hey, you're doing yeah. this for three weeks. Sorry, that's all. Yeah. So it's kind of working between that. I guess if you want to look at kind of, if we branch off to another pyramid, we've got our health function performance, but then in that kind of function performance pyramid, we can kind of break down. Another one being mm-hmm. movement, capacity, yeah. repeatability. Yeah. So one base level, can you move? If you can't move, then there's probably, a, again, a small chance that you're going to be able to function and have a good capacity. Yeah. Again, if you can't have a good capacity, there's probably a good chance you're going to break down. So you're kind of working fluidly through those kind of two pyramids, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instagram post I saw recently, which probably leads off leads off this one of yours. Um, and I've got it here. The, the process of screen, assess, observe, intervene, adapt, yeah. repeat. Yeah. Do you want to just take me through... Why you sort of work through that as yep. a as a structure, and what what are you trying to achieve through that process, and how like how do you apply it to anyone that you? I guess it's kind of it's it's like leaving no stone unturned. Yeah. I think my favorite part about that post actually, and why I put it in there, is the observe part. Yeah. Is most people screen assess and then just try and go and fix that. Yeah. I think as strength coaches and movement technicians, we need to understand that okay, that's what's telling us, but how they're actually moving. That's what's telling us that. But, you know, can I see something else or yep. can I actually just use my coaching eyes and be like, oh, I can probably fix that with just a nice quick cue yep. rather than trying to spend two weeks trying to get someone's hip to 180 yep. degrees. So. Yep. Um, and I guess, like, for me, like, screening kind of, it shapes the path to what our next step will be. Yes. So, as I said before, we apply the same process for everyone that comes in. So, if someone comes in, we're going to take them through a movement screen. We use a FMS movement screen. Again, yep. you can use other ones. We use that. From there, I can either take them backwards and do a what we call SFMA, which is a more selective functional. It's looking at individual joints, mobility, yeah. stability. That's if they don't clear their FMS. If they clear their FMS, then I'm taking to a higher threshold. Again, still assessing their movement. I'm taking to a higher threshold that goes, okay, now you can move to an adequate level, yeah. but can you actually produce that or reuse that? Again, that applies for anyone. Like That could be a 100-meter sprint or that could be a, someone who's never exercised before. And still, that applies to everyone across the whole spectrum. Yeah. And I think with the intervention part, it's about finding ways that not only work for you and how you want to coach, but proven over time, once you've done this over a long period of time, you get to work out things that are quite common with population types, maybe, or specific sports, and be like, okay, I probably have a fairly good understanding that you're going to need this. Yeah. Like, real simple examples, hockey players, always in low back pain. Yeah. Mainly because they spend their time crouched over a stick. Yeah. But they have poor hip flexion. So again, I can kind of deduct that from population. Go like, this is probably what you need. I'm going to look at my screen and this is what's going to tell me. But you spend this amount of time a week all yep. the time doing the same thing in, in a poor position. position. Yep. So again, that's when that observe comes into it as well. Um, and I think the adaptation part, again, that comes back to having done it over a long period of time and knowing the most efficient path for that person and working out things that work well, what don't work well, how I use my cues, how I use my exercises how I talk to someone, that all kind of plays a part in that. Yeah. 
yeah, five step process, I guess. Yeah, and, and I know something that you're big on to, to sort of lead off that, and something we've spoken about before, um, is the difference between assessing someone for their mobility, but then also just their ability to control their body. Yeah. Um, is it a mobility issue, or is it the fact that they, they just don't have that connection between what their brain wants them to do and yeah, what they're outputting? Are you looking for that as part of your screening process? Yeah, that is part of the screening process. Yeah. So basically, the screen will tell you, do they have a mobility? Can they actually get to where they need to be? Or can they get there, but they can't really control it? So we active versus passive. So can you actively get there or can you passively get there? Yeah. If you can't passively get there, then we know that's a mobility restriction. You purely don't have it. So the intervention will be specific to that. Whereas someone that can't touch their toes, for an example, they may have adequate hip flexion. The mobility they need, their brain just can't process getting down to touch their toes. And that's again, we apply an intervention that's based on motor control rather yeah. than mobility. Yeah. And that's like one of the biggest benefits of the screen is it tells you either way. Because I think in some other way, like some other cases, you kind of like, you're predicting someone's going to have a mobility restriction, yeah. but it's probably not going to be that. They, they just literally know, don't know how to do it. A really simple one is like, if you get someone to like s- sit on a seat 90 degrees, if you get them to raise their foot off one side and their heel off, uh, sorry, their toes off one side, their heel off the other, and trying to get them to roll and swap, they may have adequate ankle mobility, but they can't control can't that process it. from their yeah. brain without looking at it. Mm. So one, can you do it in the first place? Can you do it eyes open? Can you do it eyes closed? Again, it's just that part of the observed part. It's not a specific screen. It's just something that you can tell something about someone. Yeah, yeah, and it obviously makes a huge difference in terms of, like you said, with the intervention part, what you're actually going to give them um, to retrain them out of it, progress them through, improve their ability, whichever direction you're going. But then, uh, I mean, if if it's something as simple, and particularly with that example you gave, just with the ankle, yeah, like split side of the body, left versus right. if there is a weakness and deficiency in terms of their motor control, it's going to affect things like, I'm, I'm assuming, how they run, how they perform in terms of their sport. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, for most of our guys being sort of triathletes, runners, cyclists even being sort of singly driven, left, right, left, Absolutely. right, um, clearly going to impact what they then do yeah. out the field to the race. The most common example, especially now in day in life, like, what are we doing right now? Yeah. Sitting. We're sitting. Yeah, yeah. We spend a lot of the time, or well, a lot of our days, sitting, static, not doing a lot. So... Generally speaking, what the population is training towards is a blocked hip flexion. Yeah. Most people go to touch their toes and they think it's their hammies, but probably not. It's something to do with your hips, right? So I can go and clear someone's hip flexion. Just use a simple mobility drill. Really easy. I've got one that works like nine times out of ten. So that's my go-to. If it doesn't work, I'm finding another one, but that's yep. my go-to. I go to that. I give them more hip flexion. I actively give them more hip flexion. Then I teach them how to use it. And then I teach them how to reprogram it. I.e. can you now express it in a movement pattern. Yeah. And we've seen, like, I've tested this and have the data that says, like, if I improve someone's hip flexion, but they have a blocked ankle, yeah. their ankle range goes up. No matter what you think, your hips are related to your ankles, ankles are related to something else in the body. Like, it's not just individual structures, it's yeah. how the body works together. Improve someone's hip flexion, teach them how to use it, their ankle range goes up, their yeah. power production goes up in a broad jump. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't strength I've done 10 minutes of work with them, and I've put 20 centimeters on their broad jump like that. Like, yeah. Again, that's why I think using the screening process is not the be-all and end-all, but a really good guide of what you should be doing. I can make an athlete a better athlete in the space of five seconds Mm -hmm. by using that. I don't need to go and do a six-week strength training program. It can be as simple as literally just unlocking your hip. It's proven over multiple, multiple athletes, especially younger athletes. I actually literally had one yesterday, basketball athlete. He looks about 20, but he's Mm -hmm. 14. I think we worked out he's 6'6". 
And he's 14. Big. He's big. Yeah. Like he's, and he just shot up. Like I hadn't seen him like for a minimum like 18 months. And mm. I, he walked in. I was like, what? Yeah, who, who, this? who are you? Like, where yeah. did you come from? And again, bones go quicker than muscles do. Yeah. That length tension relationship, again, super blocked up hip. He's a basketball, needs to jump, needs to land on an ankle. The ankle yeah. gets bang, banged up. Hips are sucky. Power production sucky. Yeah. Cleared his hip, touched his toes for the first time in 14 years, apparently, according to his mum. And then his broad jump got better by, I think it was 25 centimetres, something like that. Yeah. And that was in the space of 15 minutes. Mm. Hey, hey, gone. Yeah. He touched toes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go. That, yeah. was, that was it. Yeah. Which I think is really... That, that example already there where you're talking about, it's a, you can always get those instant instant improvements and it's something that everyone's always trying to chase that instant instant improvement. It's something as simple as that screen is giving you all the information. It's yeah. not necessarily going away and trying to make you more powerful, trying to get you to lift more weight. It's just, can you move in the first place? And talking to Paul McKinnon recently, Balance Runner on previous podcasts, uh, with, with him, it was he's a very similar thing. He, he looks, observes someone's movement and then how, how can we how can we get them to understand how they can move better, how they can control their body better. Probably more so from that motor, co- motor control perspective. Like yeah. you said, if it's not a mobility issue, it's going to be that motor control, yeah, being able to actually tell your body what to do correctly. Um, but it's it's instant. You see it in running technique. You see it then, obviously, yeah. what you do on the gym floor, which, again, is only going to help you when you're putting the weight on the bar, you're getting them to, to try and gain that, that adi- icing of the cake, if you like, yeah, in terms much. of trying to get stronger over six, eight weeks. You've already got the instant gain here. That's just topping it up even yeah. further. And I've had cases where not even just body weight exercises, power has improved. Mm. I've got a hurdler, long jumper. She like came to me, lifted for two to three years. Yeah. There are minimal things to change about her technique. It was a few small things. Again, just changed up how she moved and the efficiency that she moved. I think it was a trapper. I think we were using. Couldn't like couldn't pick up eighty kilos off the floor to save herself. Like just couldn't yeah. move it. Again, stripped back everything, took her, retrained her, reprogrammed her, put her back in the trap bar, and she picked it up three times. Yep. That was in the space of five minutes. So mm. It's as simple as, yes, the screen determines the path, yep. but how do we use the screen and what can I see? Yep. Like, the screen's not the be-all and end-all. It's like, all right, I can probably shift you into a better position here and here. Mm. Let's do this, let's do this, and when you focus on that, off you go. Yep. And it's as simple as that. Like, it, it's, you know, it doesn't take long, yep. and it shouldn't take long. Yeah. Some things do, granted, but it most cases there's a fair efficiency of improving someone quite fast and I guess that looks beneficial on us as coaches is Mm. people come to us for a reason or for a service they want a certain outcome maybe what I have to shape that path towards the outcome if I can say like people sometimes may not understand why we're doing something Mm. I would strip them back like hey we're doing this because of this to do this okay then we're going to get to this and then like, okay, I'm invested. Yeah. I'm in. And that helps a lot yeah. as well. Show them the way. Because like, I can screen someone for 20 minutes and like, well, why am I? I came, I came in to get stronger. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And it happens. And then you soon, like, simple again. Well, yeah, you get them to touch their toes and they've yeah. never done that in their life. Like, I'm in now. I, yeah. I get you. Yeah. I trust you. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing as well. Yeah. It's the same thing we sort of face with um, endurance athletes that are 85, 90% come in long, slow volume is all they've done for the last three years. They've just do Ks and Ks and Ks. They come and do high intensity for the first time. They said after they're testing it, clear what they need to do do one session high intensity and you go wow this is one challenging but two I'm starting to see a, see a change in what, yeah. what's going on it's, a, it's the same process so um, leading off that without obviously I don't want you to give away too much of, uh, of specifics of what you do if you don't, if you don't want to but how do you what, what's your process in in teaching reteaching someone uh, a movement pattern developing that ability to 
to to control their body. Yeah. Are you going through a particular progression of um, getting them to understand what they're doing initially, or are you just jumping straight in, going, "This is how it should be done"? Um, what's in that sort of fifteen minute period, if you like, once yeah. you've screened them and you know, all right, I know what I need to fix as a coach. How are you then taking them through to see that change? Yeah, that's we kind of use like a hierarchy, yeah. like joint by joint approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like hips are like hips are before knees and yeah. ankles, that kind of yeah. stuff. Like they're all interrelated. Mm. If I have someone's got a blocked angle, then I've got my go tos that I go to, and if they work, they work, and if I don't, I find something else. Yeah. But also going off that being what's worked previously and what hasn't it's kind of two streams like I've got I've got we've got kind of we call it a four by four matrix so we've got four different positions four different loads yeah again that's our that's basic, a basic progression scheme In different positions you've got supine or prone you've got quadruped or hands and knees you've got stacked spine which is kneeling half kneeling yeah and then you've got standing it's your four different positions and then you've got loads you've got Load one is assistance, so something's helping you do an exercise or a movement or anything. You've got load two, which is you just go do it yourself. You've got load three, which is a assistance and resistance. So one's helping you, one's resisting you, and you've got just overall load. Yeah. It's working through that hierarchy of position. Can you achieve that? Yeah. Um, let's, let's go. An example of probably hip. Let's go hip extension. So generally speaking, I'm pretty sure the baseline, if I remember correctly, is 10 degrees of hip flexion. Some people can't achieve that because their arc has shifted more towards flexion. Again, retrain their flexion. Now teach them how to extend. Because I can give someone like the flexion they need back, but they may not necessarily know how to extend. So I can go, all right, from the floor up, yep. can you do this? I.e., can you roll from your belly to your back? What does it look like? What do I see? Can I fix it? All right, that looks pretty clean. All right, moving up into a hands and knees quadruple position. Can you do a four-point kickback? Basically, can you just kick your leg back without yep. dumping forward, keeping that control? Yep. Again, I'm looking at it. What do I need to go? Do I need to give someone assistance? Can I help them? Ideally, first of all, I'm just going to get them to do it. So let's say it's load two, level two. Can you do it? Then I'm going, all right, left or right? Do I need to help you do it? Does it look pretty good? Can I challenge that? I won't generally apply a load, and you shouldn't apply a load until you're at a position of standing. Can you achieve it at standing? Because it's not going to be represented in that hierarchy. Mm. Once we've done hands and knees and looks really good, they can keep their pelvic position, they can keep their trunk braced. Let's go stacked. So a really simple example is a half kneel chop across the body. Again, can you maintain a certain amount of hip extension without sagging to the left, sagging to the right? Again, how can I help? Challenge it with load, provide assistance, can you do it? If they can do it, then I might go to tall kneeling or I might go to standing. Hip extension stands just an RDL. Like, yeah. Simple as that. It's just yeah. working through that hierarchy of different positions, different loads, step-by-step -step process to achieving that. Mm. And again, I can go from position one to four in the space of five or ten minutes if someone needs it, or I can spend two weeks on position two, level two. Like, yeah. It's all individually dependent on what they need and kind of how well their brain works in relation to that as well. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah, so you've got that. Again, it's just... The system's in place regardless of who's come in. It's, yep. you, they come in at what, once you've screamed, you know what level they're at in that system. It's just about, all right, apply it from there and you can move through it, like I said, yeah, as cool. fast or as slow as you need to yep. based on what is being presented in front of you, which exactly. is really cool. Yep. Um, just having a system in place and following the process. Yep. The, the screening will shape that path and that process. Yep. The system always backs up. Yep. The system's kind of underneath the path. Yep. That's providing what you need, the path will 
change depending on where you need to go. Yeah, and it, and like you said again, the the process you just described is still very much either the person's using their own mass throughout that movement. There's there's nothing. They're not having to hold hold the weight necessarily have a bar in the back where it is. It's all of this is done, but all of that is just held right off until the end by the sounds of things. Yeah. And it's it's again that last little one percent really that you're looking at. It's all, there's so many steps prior to even getting to that point that yeah. are going to be just as useful, if not more useful, for the the majority of people. You probably say, yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And kind of like the the screen will show us red lights, what they can't do, or shouldn't do, or causes pain or something like that. Yellow lights, are, let's be careful of them. Green lights, are, yep, you're fine, go ahead. So if me as a strength coach, like they're they're coming to me to get strong, speed, powerful, better athlete, so and so. My job as a coach is to complement what they do in their individual task-specific occupation, if you want to call it. Okay, there you've got your green lights. If I'm putting together a strength session, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to challenge... You're going to do your green lights. Let's let's call them A1, B1, C1. I'm going to challenge your yellow and red lights or the stuff that you're not so good at as a superset. So I can go like, all right, we're going to do a box squat, but in between, you're going to do a four-point kickback. People don't know any better or different to how you're doing things. They just want the result. Yep. How they get to that result, most of the time, they don't necessarily care. And if you provide the education and the backup yep. behind it and you show them you know what yep. you're doing. Yeah. But I can improve someone's movement at the same time I'm strength coaching them based on that traffic light system. Your screen has told me that your green lights, you're free to go and do those. They're fine. They're not yep. going to hinder anything. Off you go. Your yellow and red lights, I'm still going to help you become a better athlete and a more efficient athlete. Yeah in between all the stuff that's going to make you a stronger athlete in the first place. And it all complements each other. It's not, mm. we're doing this and then we're doing this. It's all, how does it work together in a system, in a session, yep. over a block, over a strength period of time. Yeah. It's kind of how it all works. Yeah. Again, applying the process of the system, just back and keep going on with that. Yeah, absolutely. And then you touch on integrating it with, with their sport. I think we said occupation really. So yeah. like if you've yeah, got basically. a runner, that, that's, their, that's their job is to be a good runner. So yeah. how do you then balance getting these additional sessions in around their volume in, in their sport-specific training, so whether they be a runner, triathlete, swimmer, any, any sport really, yeah. how do you then balance getting them in? And for some of the sports in particular, particularly with endurance athletes, yeah. traditionally not too keen on getting in the gym, yeah. having to spend a large amount of time out on the road, on the bike, whatever it is. How do you sort of, one, engage them in the first place, but then make sure that they're not too fatigued coming out of that strength session to then go in? back into their sport session. Yeah, I think uh, it's, the next day, later that day. Yeah, it's again, it's all kind of individual. It's yeah. it's basically, it's having conversations with them. Like, there's no be on end of saying, like, for me, like, I would love to track low to acute low chronic load, yeah. but time and resources, rather than just having a conversation yeah. with someone, like, I'd prefer to do that in yeah. my current, or how I go about it. So it's, I, I use readiness surveys for all my clients that come in. I check in with them every fortnight, generally every four to six weeks, I send them a personal message saying like, yep. hey, how you going? Like, are you enjoying this? Are you happy? What are you working on? What are you not really happy about? Yep. Like, just having like consistent conversation and communication with someone, I think that provides the biggest benefit because you get a fairly well understanding of how they someone tell you, yeah. tolerates load yep. over a period of time, especially if they're recurrently coming through and you, you can go, all right, we did this on this day and the next day you're kind of, you're a little bit sore. Okay, that's okay. Maybe we keep doing that, and then maybe three weeks later they go, oh, I felt pretty so good today. Bad, okay, yeah. so you, you do okay with this load. Mm. And again, we're changing different sets, different reps, the overall load of everything. It's all kind of fitting into that kind of puzzle. Yeah. 
But the biggest part for me is that consistent communication. Like, you saw my phone before. Like, yeah, going nuts. Yeah, like 25 messages from since 10 o'clock yesterday. Like, yeah. I like the consistent communication and my clients and athletes understand that I'm there for them when they need it. But if yeah. they send me a message and it's not necessarily urgent, then they're like, okay, we'll part of me tomorrow. That's fine. Yeah. But even though it may take me a day to reply, like, I'm always getting back to them, like, no matter what. Yeah. If they call me, they email me, like, I'm always going to pick up, like, the consistent communication shows that you're invested in their process yeah. and their progress as well yeah. towards their outcome again. So that yeah. kind of helps out as well. But yeah, communication is kind of everything. Yeah. Especially nowadays, like we all sit on our phones all day, every day, yeah. but having that one-to-one conversation with yeah. someone's a lot different, especially if you're coming in and saying, for my online clients, it's slightly different, but again, we've got that you know, social media, that kind of stuff. We can yeah. keep in check and readiness surveys and load monitoring and... Yeah. I can plot force velocity curves if I really want yeah. to go and do that. And, yeah. you know, for the more technical guys or the more elite guys, I guess you can call them at that higher level, then I'm doing extra stuff. But for that, the 80-20 rule, like mm. that 80% of my clients, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Obviously, there's, you know, progressions, regressions, what I'm doing, but that's basically all of it. Yeah. Yeah, so you just, you mani- you're manipulating it to, one, what, they, what they're telling you they can handle in the first place, and you're sort of listening to them and, and understanding, all right, yeah, they're getting pretty fatigued. I'm not really going to go too hard today. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I said before, like my job is to make what they do in their occupation better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever that is, they don't necessarily care. Yeah. They just want to get better. Get better. Yeah. So what I do is all—it's individually specific. Yeah. It's based on how they feel, how they're traveling, yeah. their readiness survey scores. Like, if I have someone in my strength sessions, they have to feel their readiness before every session. If I see someone, like, this is another way I use it as well, I can plot it over time. Like, mm. if someone comes to me three, four, five times a week, like, yep. that's some serious serious data in there. Mm. If they're consistent at, like, 4.2, like, we got to square it to five, I think it was five questions, answer around a five. If I have someone that's consistently at an average of a 4.4, 4. 4.2, 4.2, 4.2, 3.8, 3.6, 3.8, 4.2. Yep. I can like, okay, you're tolerating that load pretty well, the progressive overload that we're giving you, that's it's working. Yep. But then stripping it back, let's say someone has a really crappy day at work, they come in, they're tired, they worked overtime, their yep. boss was annoying them, they come in and their readiness is a 2.2, then like, I'm changing that session on the spot. Yep. I'm not, I don't, yep. what that strength session is, I don't necessarily care too much. Yeah. It's, are you ready to do that on the day? If you're not, I'm going to change it. Like, yeah. I'm fine by that. When you drop it back to the level yeah. that you're ready for. Yeah, yeah. like as I think I said this too before. Yeah. I'll often write a session program block, mm. let it sit for like two or three days, go back and look at it and I'm like, no, nah, that's not gonna be great for yeah. you. Like, I'm gonna change yeah. it. And like nine times out of ten I'm gonna go change something. Yeah. But after I've changed it once, I'm like, I'm not going back to look at it. Yeah. So that kind of keeps me in check as well. Yeah. Yes, I you know, write <laughs> two hundred and fifty programs a week, but I'm gonna change it two hundred and fifty times as well. Yeah. And it's all based on how they feel, how they cope, how they're traveling, how their work life is, yeah. how their home life is, does a dog keep them up at night, yeah. like anything like that. Yeah. So. And that, I guess that's probably the, the take home, particularly for the guys listening who are, who are athletes themselves, is that there is going to be times where it's okay to pull back because you're not tolerating the sessions too well, you're getting sick, fatigued, stressed, all of these, all these factors, it's okay to... Like you don't necessarily have to go and just push through it. If you're not prepared for that that load, if they're not ready to go out and spend five hours on the bike and hammer themselves, they're not ready to spend an hour in the gym and really get after it, there's no point really chasing it. It's let's do something that's going to be far more functional and achievable yeah, and, and still provide a quality adaptation for them and a quality result for them, but without having to just get them to struggle through for the day. Yeah, like 
if you're making someone do the same thing, even like no matter how they feel, then you're yeah. just gonna make it worse. Like, yeah. I think that kind of comes with like the buy-in from your clients and how you yeah. communicate with them is yeah. if you do that from the start and they, they know what you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you, they know that you're invested in their progress and you tell them that, all right, we're stripping this back today. Like, hey, we normally squat 120, but today we're on 60. Like, yeah. hey, today we're not having a squat. We're just going to do a single leg area. We're going to go do yeah. a Bulgarian instead. Most, like, I don't think I've ever had an issue with anyone going like, no, nah, I'm like, yeah, that. cool. Yeah, yeah. like, no, nah, I'm going to grind that. Like, they understand, like, through that process that, yeah, he's probably right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll give you a little probably bit of resistance for like 30 seconds. Like, oh, I really yeah. wanted to squat today. I'm like, we're not squatting, sorry. Yeah. They're like, okay, fair enough. All right, just to finish off, a um, couple, of, couple of questions we'll go through that we're asking all the guys when they come on. Um, so we'll rapid fire through these as long or as little as an answer uh, as you would like. This first one, pretty relevant given we've got the giant bookshelf next to us. Favorite book or a recommended book that. <laughs> Athletes, coaches, anyone listening to this podcast uh, in terms of endurance, strength conditioning, life in general. Yeah. Something you'd recommend? Funny enough, even though that bookshelf's there, they're mm. not mine and I generally don't read a lot of books. Yeah. Like I, for me, like I don't like sitting still. Yeah. So like reading a book is so tedious to yeah. me. Like I'll read 10 articles a day, but they're yeah. on the go. Yeah. But for me to sit down and read a book like that Struggle. takes some serious time. Yeah, Favorite resource then? Oh, I've plenty. Like I use, uh, yeah. I use Instagram a lot. Like, yeah. Yeah, Gen, what are we, Gen X, Gen Y? Gen, something like Somewhere, that. Whatever we are. Yeah, whatever we are. Gen, Gen Tech, we'll call it <laughs> yeah. Gen Tech, yeah. So I like, I've got a personal one that's just fine, mate. It's a bit of fun, that kind of yep. stuff. And then I've got a coaching one. Yeah. So I use the coaching one as my personal development. Yeah. So I can go through like, I've probably for like five or 600 different coaches, scientists, yeah, companies, teams, whatever. Yeah. I'll go off and go through that. And, you know, I'll spend half an hour like on purpose, just like purely scrolling through Instagram, just going yep. like, hey, read this, read this. I'll save that one for later. I go try yeah. that. Like, yeah. For me, that's where I get most of my resources from. Yeah, you gotta be careful of yeah. you know the kind of stuff that's yeah, out there. Sort but through the, sort through the rubbish and find know, hopefully, stuff. hopefully the people I know and you know know other people that's yeah. some pretty relevant stuff. So, yeah. but book wise, Lockie's will probably kill me if I don't say what is Principles by Ray Dalio. Yeah, loves it to death. Tried to make me read it like yeah. fifteen times, and, and like, I think I'm currently at the stage where like I'm just not gonna read it because he keeps asking me to read it. Yeah. But I don't know if people have read that and live off it and love it and yep. everything like that, so I would say that. Yeah, cool. Um, favorite quote? <laughs> uh, is this uh, PG related or? Well, I mean, yeah, it's a uh, whatever, whatever works. Really. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll go what through. It. Works. I'll go through it. So yeah. you can lead a horse to water, yeah. but you but can't put brains in fuckwoods. Pure plain and simple. No, it's my straight fav- to the point. It's my favorite straight thing in the, the world. And yeah. again, it relates to a lot of different things. Yes, you can you can teach someone how to do things, but again, you need to actually train them how to do it. Like yeah. you can't just let them go and do it. So, yeah. um, hard work has a funny way of paying you back in the future. Yeah. I'm gonna go a little less. Then we'll go with that one. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it straight to the point. Favorite coach, sports scientist, industry professional, oh, or man. athlete? Any anyone anyone in the space that that you would? I mean, you, you spoke about Instagram just just yeah. before. Like anyone in particular that you would be like, if you're gonna follow someone on Instagram for good content, yeah, who to follow? Man, I have so many. Well, probably Lockie Mill wants a good one just because it's a many multiple times yeah. and you know, I said hello to him, you know, yeah. had conversations with him, puts out some really, really good stuff. He's at Parramatta right now, previously at GWS. Again, good yeah. t- content that's practical and it's yeah. him coaching, yeah. but also some, you know, good technical work in there as well. Um, another one, Luke Edgel from Sydney. Yep. Part of, I think, the cube now, I think he's out. I think so, yeah. I think he's out. Yeah, really good, like, informational posts. Like, I really like those. Uh, MA Strength. 
is a Chinese weightlifting one. Yeah. And they do some like some seriously long form posts on Olympic weightlifting and why they do things, and that's yeah. been super beneficial for me for one concept, but two again practical. And yeah, I got another twenty I can remember. Yeah, keep, 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 keep going with these. Yeah, we want a good one because particularly a lot of guys ask about plyometric training all the time. Yeah. Um, and okay. coming from when they come from non S and C backgrounds and they're like yeah. a, as athletes and they see on Instagram they see people doing box jumps and all this yeah. crazy stuff yeah. he's the perfect one like yeah I implement some of his principles around that that continuum of plyometrics and gradually building your ability to tolerate more and more and more um, yeah, so yeah guys I look at it yeah and that's part yeah. of my process and my system like it's, it's invented it in makes me. sense yeah we as strength and conditioning coaches are the best dealers in the world yep the good thing about now is we're all happy to share yeah. And we're all making each other better. We're all yeah. stealing each other's stuff yeah, from the center, but we're absolutely. all making the industry and us better yeah. for the people that we work with. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, recommendation for who we should get on next? Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah. Is there, is, is there anyone that uh, that stands out that you reckon would be a good fit for for the, the Physiology Secrets podcast? Endurance industry, S&C industry in general, if, athletes? Depending on how much... Uh, storage you have in your camera yeah. I would I would say Cam one of our coaches for yeah. the physiology side um, coming from he's had I think nearly close to 10 years experience he's getting a bit old but he worked in powerlifting S&C private sector what he's has probably, he worked in yeah, no, yeah he'll tell you about it too yeah. but for his he's now transitioned into a more clinical side so he's doing yeah. massages now as well and how he's integrating that into his services as a strength coach you'd be rude not to say Greg to get on the podcast. Yeah. That could go for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Again, his different perspective of having so many years of experience in the industry, in so many different environments. Yeah. He's worked in China, he's worked with Exos, he's worked in volleyball, he's worked in private sector, like, you know, he's worked, worked in Northern Territory football. Yeah. Like, he just has the ability to provide a different perspective yeah. on something that most of us don't see. Yeah. But then you say he says it and you're like, why don't I think about it? So you just, yeah, that's a yeah. different, I really like listening to it. Yeah, cool. Um, last one here, I'll let you plug, plug your socials for yourself. I actually nearly changed it the other day. I yeah. nearly changed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so where can we follow you, Virtus, and, and then I guess anything else that you're, you're connected with at the moment? Yeah, yeah, so my Instagram is at performancecoach under slash row. Um, it's been a bit quiet actually, I've yeah. had a bit of a hiatus, but yeah, we're getting back to it, a bit of a yeah. small child to look after technically. Fairy one, of course, yeah. don't get excited. Yeah, little dog sitting there. Yeah. You can't see her on camera, man, just chilling yeah, at the bottom. She's that cold. Um, performance at, um, on Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a few other little things on the side, but... We're working on those. They're coming. They're coming. Yeah, yeah, I'll link. I'll link them in the notes below, so yeah. so everyone can check them out. Cause, yeah, I, I learn just as much off off your stuff as I'm sure a whole bunch of other people do as well. So um, definitely highly recommend having a look at some of those accounts. Um, some pretty cool content up there. Um, so yeah, thanks again for coming on coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, we'll have to we'll have to catch up again and get get you on and yeah, a few of the other boys from from down here. Cam and, Cam and Greg, that could that could be some long episodes. <laughs> yeah. We go on for we might need to get a round table or something. Get That's everyone on in That's once, so which dangerous. again could could make for a really long episode. But uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on and oh. hope everyone's enjoyed this episode. A little bit different, a little bit more the strength and conditioning side of things. Um, so if you have any questions or anything around uh, around what we want to cover on the podcast, chuck them in the mastermind group uh, that you can find. We'll link all that below as well. Uh, but otherwise, we'll see you in the next episode.